my goodness me. Welcome along to this week's Life to Pitch TV. I'm Mark Murphy, brought to you in association with our main sponsor, DPS Tech. A massive thank you to our other sponsors as well. All about hearing, marketing company, Ginger Pickle, Forward Floors, Come Hither Design, the Hudson Group, Sound 4 Pro Audio, Venue 16, Fred Olsen Logistics, and John Keeble Cars from Bramford. Let me introduce you to the team. Former Ipswich and England skipper Terry Butcher's here. Hey! Former Ips- <laughs> Former Ipswich and England International, Russell Osmond's here. We've got choir in tonight, haven't we? What a great crowd. Yes. Fantastic. I think, I think their, their tonsils have been well... Um, Lubricated. Lubricated, judging yeah. by the amount of beers that have been... Well, we're a few minutes late starting this week, so perhaps that's the way to do it in the future. Getting well-oiled first. Yeah, and this is the best crowd we've ever had. You're the it? best yeah. crowd. Fantastic. Um, sadly, though, disappointing news for you and for you listening or watching. No Phil Ham this week. Who are you? Instead, it's Ted Lasso, everybody. <laughs> uh, we've got Richard on technicals. We've got Mark Calver on technicals. Our floor manager, Leslie Dolphin. And welcome to you, our capacity crowd, and to you, wherever you're watching or listening uh, to the show. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe. It helps us with uh, our viewing figures and helps the channel keep going. People keep saying to me, oh, do I have to pay if I subscribe? No, it's absolutely free. You've all su- subscribed, have you? Yes. Excellent. Good, good. That's good doesn't cost a penny to do it does it no 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 <laughs> no okay i'm asking the least technical one amongst us i think aren't i well you speak to russell <laughs> <laughs> oh, John. it's gonna I be one of the, it's gonna be one of those nights tonight feel for me won't you <laughs> feel for me i just feel it uh yeah so please subscribe if you can and don't forget check out our website uh we've got tickets for our christmas special which is coming up on november the 30th everybody got tickets for that yet Mm, clearly one or two one or two it's still a, still a bit of time to still, go. still it's going to be a sellout so yeah. get your tickets early uh, plus on there mugs and t-shirts up for grabs I mean I've got one of our Life's Pitch TV mugs here Russell's got one over there as well they're very nice you can get those from our website but Mark is uh, is there tea in there it looks like tea yeah it doesn't taste like tea, does it? doesn't taste like tea, no. no. Okay. <laughs> well, I've got to join in with the crowd, Terry, yes, you know, just yes. get, you know. Well, that's, well, you need it, I think so. Mm. It's very tasty, very nice. Good describe, uh, uh, it's definitely not tea. Anyway, uh, lots to talk about tonight, and we must first of all say, what a great show last week. Did all of you see Pat Gobold last week? She was just, wasn't she great? 88 years old and as sharp as a pin and I'm worried that Phil's not here because he's still recovering from being put down last week by her <laughs> what a moment that was yeah. that was great wasn't what it a moment. that was great no she's a, she's a lovely lady and, and she enjoyed it immensely so I drove her home and she was talking and talking and talking I thought she'd talk herself out on the show but no she was talking away in the car it was great it was like having a sat nav sitting right next to you it was unbelievable <laughs> or, or Alexa yeah but no she was she was good and I took her back, and it was quite dark where she where she lived. So she had a torch. She in a handbag. She had a torch. So she was actually showing me the way, not herself showing me the way. So I was escorted home by or to her home by an eighty-eight year old lady. But you know, she went inside and turned the lights on and everything else, and with a, put her flowers down. She, you know, she really loved it. Absolutely. She rang me the day after to say that. Um, they were all watching it down at Portman Road. They got it up on a big screen for her to watch at Portman Road, and they were all huddled around watching and hearing her stories, which was really, I thought was a really nice touch, actually. I think 
<laughs> I think that was just episode one, Mark, wasn't it? Well, the amount of people, Russ, who have said, when's she coming back? Well, yeah. I mean, she comes out with new stuff all the time, which is amazing, really. One that she's got such a fantastic recall of what went on all that time ago. But every time it's another new story. It's another new story. There's different variations of one or two that we've heard before. But blimey, she doesn't half dig them out, yeah. you know, and there are some <laughs> funny ones there. And I'd love to know the ones that she didn't want to tell. Yeah. <laughs> Perhaps we should do a late night edition, I think, one <laughs> one week. Um, just put one of those little red crosses in the corner like Channel 4 used to do. Um, but, I mean, what an era for her to have... Well, so many eras for her to have lived through and worked through. And next year, 70 years at the club. She's been there 69 years already. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's a bit like Bobby when, when the gaffer came... Uh, in the 60s and he went through ev all the all the different um, generations to the 2000s at Newcastle you know he adapted he he got through he you know he, he got used to things and he's, he had his way of working but different people came in and especially with Pat different managers came in but um, those years spent with with Bobby were her favorite and obviously one of our own favorite because we were part of it as well but she was always great to go to when we were at Portman Road you talked to her um, she didn't you know, she came across, told you how it was, didn't uh, pack any punches, no. but she was a lovely lady for yeah, us. Yeah, she was she? a confidant, wasn't she? If mm. you got a problem, you could always take it to Pat. Where it went from there, you didn't know, but you know, Pat would always come back with you and say, you know, we've sorted that issue out if you had a little issue or two. Um, but football clubs are great for that because you must go back to some places, Terry, that you've played before, like Rangers, probably, that there's still people at football clubs working at the club that were there 30, 40 years ago. There's people down at the football club now at Ipswich. Um, don't go back quite as far as Pat, but some of the some of the staff there, the stewards, have a chat with them, you know, and they, they've got great recall of what used to go on down there. It's fantastic, and all clubs have that sort of personnel around there. Well, it's important, isn't it, when you look at the, the, the fan base and the, the youngsters starting now going right through to people up in their 80s, 90s and around 100 years old as well. And they've, they've all got their own memories, their highlights, the, the yeah. moments that they treasure and they, they love the most. And so I think, you know, we shouldn't forget our past. You know, we look for the forward to the future, but we shouldn't forget the past either. No, I, I was talking to Harry Clark last week. Um, I had the pleasure of meeting him down at uh, Portman Road. And we were talking about the fact that when we played, we only had one substitute, which he found hilarious. He didn't believe me either. He said, what, you only had one substitute? I said, yeah. He said, we've got, what was it, nine on the bench? Nine. He said, we can use five. He says, I can't remember there ever being only one substitute. Mind you, he's only 22 years old <laughs> yeah, now, yeah. you know. Well, well, let me tell you, as someone who's the PA announcer and back for the Plymouth game, everybody, hopefully. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the worst thing is we try and do the attendance on 70 minutes. So you just get the attendance figure to do. Then Connor Chaplin bangs one in. And then there's like eight substitutions. There's four for town and four for the opposition. <laughs> and to try and do all that on the PA at one point is... Um, it's nigh on impossible. So, so I would love there to be one substitute again. So are you saying that you couldn't, you can't do it? I'm saying it's a bit of a struggle at times, Terry. It was a bit of a struggle. <laughs> I've never seen you struggle at all. Come on now. I cover it up very well, I think. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, she was great. And we, we should get Pat back, shouldn't we? Yeah. Definitely. Definitely for more on that wonderful stuff. Um, internationals, um, you watched England. Yep. I had the pleasure of going to Wembley twice and uh, watched Cameron Burgess. For the Aussies, 
And I tell you what, he didn't put a foot wrong in no. the game. Mind you, England were absolute crap. But I mean, apart from that, he. Uh, but I, I've, I watched him when he first came to the club, and yeah. me and you, uh, you, you have the same opinion as me. I think. Let me just like, wow, who is this guy? Not that he's good. We thought he was rubbish, but he's improved so much uh, in the two years, two or three years. He really has. And he's, he, I thought he may not be able to step up to the championship, and but he's done that quite easily. And I didn't know, I didn't ever ever think that he would step up to international football, and he did that effortlessly. You know, he, was, he was, he was tremendous. And you know, Australia can take a lot of credit from the game. England won one nil, but it it was a poor performance. But the Aussies had their chances as well. So it's nice to know that you've got someone like that in. The, the team and he's dependable and he's now first choice left centre back mm. uh, alongside Wolfie and you sort of think well you know he's he's here to stay and, and well done because he's a bit like Brandon Williams I didn't rate Brandon Williams when he first came to the club um, he, he was like Leif Davis and Leif Davis gave a penalty yeah. away his first game and then Williams was equally as bad in his first game but like Davis Williams has come on really well and I have to say really excited them on the left or the right but I'd have to say now he's first yeah. choice right back. Would you say that? Yeah, yeah, I think so at the moment. I mean, Harry Harry Clark wouldn't say that. But no, I mean, he, no, he he thinks he's still got a chance of um, making a stake for for that right back spot. Um, but what you're saying, Terry, is that everybody that's come to the club over the last eighteen months since Kim McKenna's been here is a better player now for that experience of being under his guidance. Um, George Edmondson has improved. Uh, just looking at it defensively, uh, Wolfie's improved. Well, yes, well, he couldn't get any worse, but he has improved. Yeah, he's done, he's done very well. Very well. You, you're always fun, really, aren't you? I'm, I am his biggest critic, I think, more than fan. But, I, I mean, I... But he it, listens to you. A mis no, he never listens to me when I coach him. No, that's taking notes. He doesn't it's take any good, notice of you, but he listens to it's you. It's probably a good thing he never listened, but no. But, I did, you know, I think, but Wolfie's, he has improved. Yeah. As you're right, that's a great point. Yeah, so right across the team, right across the squad of players, they are all better players for having some time at Ipswich Town Football Club. I mean, even Caden Jackson's a better player. I didn't like him at all. I'm still not particularly keen on him, but <laughs> he's the actual equal, in, in the league, league goals, he's equal second with about two or three others. Yeah, he's coming how, on and doing a job. How can that be? But I mean, there he is. It is what it is. You know, he's well, done a great I, job. I think me and you could have scored the one he got the other day. Yeah. Yeah. On your right foot, maybe a bit dodgy, but well, I did blast a few past past Coop and a few past other goalkeepers in my career with my right foot. Yeah. But no, he was. He, but he's, the whole th the whole thing is a big credit to yeah. the club, but particularly to the manager and, and the coaching staff as well. But particularly the manager, he's an ideal manager, and I know a lot of people are looking at him, and we never want him to go away because the the everybody's enjoying the football. Everybody loves going down there. The experience. The match day experience off the pitch, but on the pitch, it's just exciting stuff, isn't mm. it? You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to score. And we were talking about this earlier. We don't score poor goals. We score unbelievable goals. Virtually every goal yeah. is, is sensational. Great sensational. football from great, great goals off the back of great football. Mm. We'll, know, talk more about, we'll talk more about the season in a moment yeah. or two, but I want to stick with the internationals for a moment or two. Um, what will it do for the club to have players like uh, Luongo and uh, Wes Burns, Broadhead, going out to international games. I mean, it's, it helps you know, 
lift the profile of the club tremendously, yeah. doesn't it? When they get as long as they all come back uh, injury free. Yeah, well, poor old Wes. You know, and that's yeah. the chance you're going to take. You know, yeah, poor old Wes. But it does. It does uh, raise the stature of the the club again, and it, it all it does is keeps putting the Ipswich Town name in front of everybody. And I think as well with with because I remember I don't know if it's still there, but in the sort of bowels of Portman Road they have this. Uh, they used to have this sort of Hall of Fame sort of thing with not not the Hall of Fame but it was a international with all the boys that have made international appearances for the club yeah whilst at Ipswich whilst at Ipswich yeah and I th- I'm not too sure who, who was it Big it's Al. down there it's going into the is Big Al the, the leader I don't know I'm, I'm not too sure but you know there's there's a lot of players um, and now you, you know, they're you know the club's adding different players onto that onto yeah. that list and it is because you know if you come to Ipswich Town Football Club that you've got the setup here to improve and maybe possibly go and represent your country. Yeah. You Good. know, that is a big thing. Yeah. Four or five years ago, that would have completely been the opposite. You know, come here as an international and that's your career over, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. International recognition. Yes. Yes. I mean, it, Very that, good. it just does the, the, the club. I'm, I would imagine that, uh, Players that get international caps now will be going into the manager and just saying, by the way, I need some more money because I'm an international now. Yeah. Did yeah. you do that? Did it work for Mr. Robson? You must be joking. No, no chance. <laughs> he probably took money off my wages, wouldn't he? Yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah all down Can you remember your call-ups? Yeah. Um, Ron Greenwood was the manager, though, to start with. I think we both made our, our debut in um, in Australia, in Sydney, on the on the cricket pitch. Um even though Bobby Robson was in charge of the game, it was more or less as a, the backup squad that we went out there and then they classified it as a full international. So that was the first call-up. And then uh, my illustrious career, I think we've got about 88 full caps between us, haven't we? <laughs> I've got 11. <laughs> <laughs> but then we, we used to get the call-ups and... Um, and we used to go on a CFAX, and that's what we that's what we do. We'd CFAX? Would you like to explain that to our younger <laughs> yeah. viewers and listeners? We've got to be of a certain generation to remember that, and we are black and white generation. Got on CFAX because you you got the, the the next day after you've been announced to, in the squad, you got your international papers. These have come through, and that blue paper used to come through, and you knew what it was yeah. with the England crest and all that sort of thing on it. So that was really nice. And then you, you had a list of all the things that you should take and you should wear and you should do and timings and all that sort of thing. Then you go and see Pat and yeah. say, Pat, I've got this letter from the FA. Can you make sure that you remind me what time my car's picking me up and this <laughs> and where we're going and everything? Yeah, that was good. It was good, but it was it was nice. But you, you wondered if you were in the squad. And sometimes you used to hear it on the radio, but generally with CFAX, you know, and remember CFAX, when you had to scroll through, well, you couldn't really scroll. You have to wait till the page came on the next one, and then it was like twenty-two pages, and you missed. You just you, you know you you just missed it by one page. The the, the squad, <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was good days, wasn't it? I think there's a whole generation who understands oh. that CFAX yeah. story. Something to Google later <laughs> Google on if you're, up, you're yeah. not we, sure. Well, we yeah. never had Google in those days. We no, never not at all. Out, so. No. What was it like when you? St- I mean, because none of us have experienced it. So when you when you walk out, you're wearing the England shirt. And the national anthem strikes up. You know, what, what is that moment like? Mm. Uh, well, for me, it was a case of uh, the first time I did it at Wembley. Um, just very proud because you've got your family in the stadium, uh, all your relatives, your relations. And, <laughs> and it was, 
it was just sort of a part of the long journey because as a kid, you'd always sort of dreamt of playing at Wembley, you know, usually though in the, the FA Cup final, and then you thought, well, if I'm good enough to get there, then maybe I could play for England one day. Um, it's a very proud moment, and, you know, you sing the national anthem, and really then you just want to get, get on with the game. And the game is just having a game of football with your pals again, you know, so, but now you're playing with the best footballers out of all the people you know in the game, and... Um, and it was, uh, it was a real honour to stand there at the old Wembley, Wembley Stadium with the Twin Towers and everything, you know, and it was very nice. Pitch was, wasn't the best. It used to uh, sap the energy out of your legs quite, quite quickly, you know, but it was just a it wasn't like It wasn't like these modern pitches now. Yeah. It, was, it was just lush grass, brilliant lush, lush grass. And a lot of players used to do cartilages and things on there because your studs caught in, in the ground and it was that, it was that lush. But it was wonderful, and you know, I always remember a band used to play um, on Wembley before the before the game because there was no organised warm up. So I used to go out, and I remember Waddle and Gascoigne taking a bag of balls out. Mm. You know, I'm going to say they were like all the bandsmen in the square in the centre circle, and they're playing away and all this sort of thing. And it's great stuff. And then you've got Waddle and Gascoigne hitting balls between the lines of of the musicians <laughs> and they're passing on the floor and they're passing on the floor and they'll take it and they'll pass on the floor and then they'll go they'll go like right so then they they try and chip over the top so they were, they were going over and i remember the grenadiers with the busbies <laughs> so there was a few just wouldn't miss the busbies <laughs> so then they were saying well they're getting bored with this so then they would they would they would clip a ball over the top and then they would try and keep it up in the air so the touch would be up in the air and then they'd volley it back, and it, some of them went low, some of them went high, and, and you can see the bands when they're playing away, and they're just they're looking around like they're seeing where all this, where the ball's coming and all that sort of thing, and they're playing away. And then Gascoigne, I think Gazza hit a ball, a volley, and it hit the bugler <laughs> right in the bugle, and he cut his mouth. He cut his mouth, right. so there had to be a substitution, so I think. But no. And then as soon as Gazza did that, him and Waddle were straight in. Straight in the dressing room and hiding, because the bands when the the bugler came to the remember he used to go up the steps where the baths were at the yep, back, yeah, yeah, and yeah. then there was a first aid post. They were he was in there, he was in there. We were all going, he's in here. Gascoigne's in here to the bugler. He's in here. He is. He's a, he's the guy. So that's what they used to do. Fantastic. Was he as mad as a box of frogs? Madder, <laughs> madder. Yeah. He's, no, he was. Well, he, I mean, when we we were older, so we we knew. Uh, you know, he he was scared of us. So he, you know, he, he was very careful around us. But he was he was just mad. He was funny at times, but other times he was just a little bit over the top. But what a player! And then looking at the game, has any uh, any of you seen Jude Bellingham live? Anybody seen him live? I mean, playing football live, nothing else. No, yeah. But he's he's unbelievable. He's unbelievable. I, I liken him to Gascoigne now because he can actually take the ball past people and dribble past them and use his body and he's very strong. Mm -hmm. But he's he's exceptional. I think he had three lungs because he was just up and down, up and down, up and down all the time. But he, to watch him, like, just he mesmerises you. You can just watch him. And he's always involved in the action. And when he goes to close people down and he, you know the, other, the opponent's shielding the ball, he's behind him. He never fouls the guy. He's always there, but he's like a rash. He's he's all over him, but without yeah, committing the foul. Yeah. So he's clever, 
and he's 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 unbelievable. He's really good. And the only thing he has these socks on, the England socks, and he has there's like two holes in the socks, like <laughs> around like the, the back. Yeah, like the kit room must have moths or something like that because there's two holes. Uh, so I never knew what that was, but somebody said to me, it's because the socks are tight and they feel that they need to to cut them to cut the socks so that you don't get cramp when it tightens up. What a load of rubbish that is, isn't it, really? <laughs> what a load. You, you didn't like do the, that in your day, then? No, it's like the socks over the knees. What is that all about? Would you ever do that? Bobby Robson would go apoplectic. He'd be like, get those socks off. And he'd be saying, he'd be, well, he would. He would be, get them socks down. But in our day, when we went in the changing room before a game, your shirts and your shorts would be hung up on a peg. But there'd be a pile of socks on the table. Maybe about 20 pairs of, of socks. And that's all you've got to choose from. They, it wasn't a new pair or two new pairs every game for you. And the players can cut the, the feet out of them these days and do whatever they like. They, they wear the under socks and pull those up over the top. Ours was like the socks that you've been using all season. They've been repaired if they ever got a hole in them, which they did quite quite often. And I've got a thing about socks. I like proper, nice socks to play in. You know, so I would always try and get in there early and I'd go through the whole pile, the old 20 pairs of socks, trying to make sure I got the best pair possible. I was, I was the same with the shorts. Because I didn't want to have a small pair of shorts because I've, <laughs> I've got quite a big backside. So... Uh, Nothing else. They were, they were a bit side. tight in your day, weren't they? The shorts <coughs> on occasion. Yeah, they were yeah, a bit. Yeah, you, know. I, you used to go in, didn't they? You used to have, have a pile, didn't they? Yeah. And you used to rummage through the pile to try and get the extra large ones. Well, I did anyway. So I was trying to get the extra large ones. And if you didn't get them, it was like, who has got the extra large ones? And yeah. you want to go and battle them till I can get them. <laughs> you had to do a deal, didn't yeah. you? You know, I've got a pair of large. I'll swap you the large it, for the extra. You could say it's like dog eat dog. So it's a fight to get the right kit. So when you're you're in that fighting mode when you come to play. I don't know. Perhaps Bobby thought that was the best thing to do. I don't know. I mean, should have bought some more bloody shorts, really. That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's turn our attention to uh, to Ipswich Town. This bit of Ipswich Town chat brought in association with John Keeble Cars in Bramford. Uh, second place town back in action after the international break. Rotherham Friday night on the telly, aiming for uh, another three points. I mean, they are lowly Rotherham at the moment. What are your thoughts on that? Three points. I think three points are more than capable of coming our way. Uh, Matt Taylor, the uh, the manager at Rotherham, good lad, bright young manager. He was a player down at Exeter when I did some work down there for them a few years ago that actually got them back into the, uh, the football league scene. Again, they were non-league at the time. But Matt's a, he's a sharp cookie. He's a bright, bright boy. He's a great centre-half himself. So, got a lot of time for him. He's got one or two lads that can score a goal or two you know I think the last game was against Southampton where they came away with a point which was a big result for them so you know they're no mugs but they've only won one game this season and that was at home to Norwich <laughs> <laughs> so we, we we actually quite like Rotherham we love Rotherham don't we yes for that point of view yes uh, no Freddie though he's out he would have liked to be playing against his old side yep this, it, yeah he's but Freddie scores some goals. He's he's a second. You know, when you look at the the goals he scored, 
especially with his face. That was a peach, that one, wasn't it? Yeah. But no, he's he's uh, we we like we like him. He's a great alternative to have. But you know, the the Achilles is a is a problem for him, and he's going to miss out. So you know, but there are other alternatives. Obviously, Caden can play through the middle if they want to, but. But um, George George Hurst is uh, is getting into the role, getting getting better and better. Um, so it's it is a fight for the for the you know starting eleven position is for the shirt for the jersey sort of thing. Well, they have their own jerseys, but they have to fight for that, do they? But you know, at the end of the day, if they're playing, but uh, you know, he's I think with with the way that um, Kieran has set up, he's got virtually nine out of the eleven all sort of you know tied up, but you know, probably ten. Um, just the goalkeepers and just maybe one or two other areas. Um, but he's got a hell of a squad. I mean, the squad is just perfect, really, because players come in. And this season's been um, better than last season, in a way. That yeah. When the players have been asked to come in and, and uh, um, take the place of the regulars sort of thing, they've done really, really well. And that's so important, isn't it? I mean, they've been looking for that, haven't they? Someone for every position twice yeah. over. Yeah, we have for got a while now. Really strong squad now. Um, and it's time to make a substitution. You're thinking, okay, this is going to be great because it's fresh legs. It's going to give the opposition a problem. And you feel sorry for the opponents sometimes, you know, especially if the defenders, you know, they've just done like 60 minutes against the Ipswich Town front line and then let those three go off and. Three new fresh players come on and they are all keen to impress and do their bit. You know, and they want... Everybody is fighting to get in that Eastwich Town first team at the moment. Whether they're fighting to get 10 minutes, whether they're fighting to get a starting place in the in the team shape. Everybody is going out there with a purpose at the moment. And that's, that's a big thing, that is. You know, and the bonding between the players is so tight. And I think if you look at, the say, the, the best 11... Um, you know, who would you have, Walton or Clacky? Let's ask the capacity crowd. Let me get camera on them. Uh, hands up for Walton as our number one. And then, okay, Haladki for our number one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. the crowd has spoken. Yeah. yeah. And right back would be, I've put Williams down. Right back, Williams. Anyone for Clark? No. I'd go for Clarky at the moment. It's a tough call. Yeah, but, you tough know, I call. might have Williams on the other side. Oh. <laughs> right, okay. I do. <laughs> Centre-backs pick themselves, don't they? Wolfie and Burgess, I think. Yeah, yeah. everyone agree on that? Yeah. Oh, this fella from Man U is uh, you know, being lined up in the next couple of weeks. Kieran said that he'll feature in the next couple of weeks today. Yeah, but he's got to say that, hasn't he? So I wouldn't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Leif Davis, left-back. Yes. Apart from Russell, I think we're all carried on that. <laughs> No, I, I didn't like Lee Davis very much, to be honest. I thought he was quite weak, especially mm -hmm. defending. But he's done pretty well. He's done he's done very well on the attacking side of things. Um, you know, and he could play left side midfield. Um, I think, he's, in a way, he's fortunate to, to, to play in that side at the moment because of the way it plays, because he gets a lot of space down that left-hand side and he's just asked just to keep going up and down there and just keeps putting crosses in. I think sometimes he could just be a little bit more careful with his final ball and try and pick people out a little bit better. But listen, he's having a great season at the moment. Um, yeah, but defensively I still think he's got a little bit to learn. OK, well, so we're picked on that midfield too. Uh, yeah, I, I, I would go 
picks um, itself, doesn't it? The captain and uh, the Aussie, yeah. Yeah, the one girl. All agreement in that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, Jack Taylor must feel a bit, don't you think? He, I mean, he's, he's done, when, he's, when he's been asked to play, he's been great, and he's, he was brought in. So I, I guess you've got to earn your place in the side, but he must be feeling a bit frustrated that he's not playing. Yes, but he's not the starting two, is he? Or is he? No, no, clearly not. I, right think we, I, think, <laughs> I think we covered that, Mark. All right, sorry. <laughs> and the front four really picks itself. It picks itself, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. That's why I just said that. Yeah. yeah, it picks yeah. Itself. Burns, Chaplin, Broadhead and Hurst. Yeah, that's pretty... pretty Who's going to take Wes's place this week? Mm, that's a debate. Hutchinson? Yeah. Hutchinson. I think so. I think so, yeah. Yeah, he scored a couple of goals this season, some good goals. I think he's quite good down the right-hand side as well, coming in on his left foot. Yeah. I think he gives him a bit more options there to either finish it himself or square people up on the edge of the box. He's good. Yeah. Do you think teams will... Have you finished? Oh, yes, carry okay. on. Yeah. Uh, it's your show. Carry no, on. that's right. I didn't want to do a Pat Gobble to you. Yeah. Uh, or a Phil Hamm to Pat Gobble, should I say. <laughs> um, I was going to say, oh, yes, do you think teams will start to... Um, suss us out now or are we that good that even if they try and nullify our stuff I'll give you one example the corner that we scored from we scored from Connor Chaplin scored in the last game they attempt that corner probably every game so far this season and it hasn't really come off and a lot of teams will be aware that they tried that corner but when done properly and executed properly as it was, what a finish that was. What a set It's piece. all about the block, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So You've you got to get a few things right. Yeah, Chaplin's just wandering around because he's a, he's a dwarf, so so small, that people don't, <laughs> people don't really count him as, a, as he's going to score. He's um, a daddy now as well. He's a daddy now, yeah. 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 Big daddy, well, small daddy, I would say, yeah. <laughs> but, he, he, but the execution is so good. But the block is the thing that, that does it because he'll be, he'll be behind Burgess or he'll be at Wolfie or whoever it is. Uh, you know, the, the big lump is marked by another big lump and the, and the dwarf, he, you know, he's able to move. <laughs> but it is, it, it's played into an area where it's been vacated by town players. And it, the the block is good, and yeah. if the block's good, then then Connor in Chapman. Yeah. So our quality will out. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I think it will. I mean, I think I think teams. Uh, I mean, Ipswich in particular have played um, a variety of of styles this year, really. Ad but they've adapted to the situation on the pitch. And if teams are going to have what they call the low block, we we just say, well, let they drop off and allow them uh, Ipswich to have the ball at the back and pass it forward. Teams in the championship now think that they can uh, you know well we're going to play our game against Ipswich because we we really like our game and you know there's a bit more it's not arrogance it's a bit more confidence in the championship than there is in, in League One so there's more teams in League One would sit back whereas teams in the championship will go which leaves them very vulnerable for the way that Ipswich play but they, they, you know they, it's a very fluid system I mean it's mm. when, you, when you look at the way that Ipswich can play it is very fluid, but they win the ball back early, and off they go, and they they find the they find the gaps, and when it's a bit like watching us play, I I like it because it it's been like watching us play when we were starting to get things going with our system, and Eric Gates used to play in behind Mariner and Brazil, well now Ipswich have got Broadhead and yeah. Chaplin playing in behind Hurst, so there's still a front three, but it's sort of invert is, is changed yeah. but they but they they get into good uh, spaces don't they yeah but there's a combination of things though that go with that it's it's the players being educated in how the team is playing 
so that they all understand each other's roles, which this group of players do really well. Fitness levels are really good. Technically, they're very good. You know, which don't want to sound big-headed about it all, but that's what we had. You know, we all understood each other's strengths. We were as fit as you like, and we could pass the ball and do the best basics of the game very, very well. And that's what this team can do. It's looking pretty good, isn't it? 28 very points good. so far, which is not a bad haul, everybody, is it? It's, I mean, it is fantastic at the moment. Well, I mean, their table is is just really nice to look at, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's you know eight points between Ipswich and Preston, and, and we've beaten Preston, we've beaten Sunderland. The only problem is like Leeds, Leeds in there, but they've got injuries as well, so they're still quite a way back. And it is early days yet. We're just we're less than a quarter. No, we're over. I don't know what my mass is, but what eleven games is. Um, you know, not a long way into the season, so there's still a bit to go. It'd be lovely to see us continue to pull away, though, wouldn't it, from the pack behind? And well, you can only beat what's in doing. front of you, and you know, Rotherham are a, a prime example of of um, you know you can win. You've got the ammunition. You just got to make sure that you know make every every bullet count, sort of thing. Mm. Well, it's a very exciting season so far. I mean, I'm absolutely loving it. You loving it? Yeah. I mean, we've, 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 we've waited so long, haven't we? You know, I thought we'd never see any success ever again. And some of the young fans, of course, are experiencing it all for the first time, which is just fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. Brilliant. Well, it's, it's really pleasing to see, isn't it? You know, the smiles on people's faces when you go to Portman Road. You know, there weren't many smiles a few years ago, was there? It was all, <laughs> my goodness me. And I think it's for us who have saved, savoured... You know, we had good times and then we've had the really bad times. You know, you've got to, you know, they, you enjoy the good times if you've gone through some form of depression. And we had a big depression here for many years. So uh, I'm glad that's gone. <laughs> Gives you the shivers, isn't it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did, actually. It, was, it wasn't great at times. It really wasn't. Um, we'll come back and talk some more in a moment or two. Um, we're not going to do a keep you up challenge this week unless any of the capacity crowd want to give it a go. No, they've all, they've all melted into the background. Yeah. But yeah. sponsored by Ginger Pickle, so our sponsor does get a mention on the yeah. show. Well, well done, Ginger, Ginger Pickle. Pickle. And I just, thought, I just thought I'd have a look at the leaderboard. Um, the strongest performance so far is Terry Butcher uh, with three. <laughs> Phil Ham with six. Mark Murphy with ten. Uh, Mickey Stockwell on 11. Russell Osman, 28. Jason Dezel, who I saw in town yesterday, and he was absolutely thrilled with his 49. He wants to come back because he didn't realise that you could bounce it off the walls. So he said, if I can bounce it off the walls like others have done, he said, I'll get to the top of the leaderboard. So He wants to come back just for that. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Should have gotten back tonight, actually. Should have done. Yeah, give him a call. Taxi. Uh, 49. Connor Chaplin, 52. Alan Lee, 58. Chambo at the top on 59 on our leaderboard. There you go. So well done to all of those who have taken part. Um, Russell, it's time to uh, to take a look at what's happened on this day in the past, and that's sponsored by Fred Olsen Logistics. Well, on this day in the past, let's go to Thursday, the 19th of October, 1961. Mm. Who was this born? is quite interesting. This <laughs> Irish, <laughs> Irish international Kevin O'Callaghan was born in Dagenham. He made 115 top flight appearances with 43 from the bench. 
which you kept reminding him about. Yes. Yes. That was, a, that was the highlight of him coming off the bench and playing. <laughs> and he was capped 17 times by the Republic of Ireland whilst at Porton Road. And he appeared in the nation's, sorry, in the nation's record victory and the nation's record defeat. The record victory was an 8-0 win over Malta in 1983, and the record defeat was 7-0 at the hands of Brazil a year earlier. <laughs> Poor old Kev. Also, on Wednesday the 19th of October in 1977, Spain's Las Palmas were defeated 1-0 thanks to Eric Gates in the UEFA Cup second round, first leg at Portman Road. And that is your moment in history. Isn't the away leg of that game one where there was very, very few programmes done? I think, I don't know if any of you are programme experts, but I think there were like a handful of programmes for that. And they're, they're very, very rare. And of course, all the journos who went got a copy of the programme. So several of them have cashed in over the years by flogging off the programmes for that, um, that particular away leg of that game. I think I'm right in that. I'm not sure now you're looking at me like that, Butch, but... <laughs> mm. I believe you, Mark. Thank you. I believe everything uh, you say. Thank you. Uh, let's do some questions from our capacity crowd. John, have you got a question, John? You were, you were, you were thinking of one. Let's go to our capacity crowd here. Well, I'll, t I'll take you back to uh, England. We started the show with England. Um, it was a great performance against Italy, I thought, and Bellingham, as you said, had a fantastic performance. But looking back over the years, what do you rate as the best England performance by by an England player. Uh, I know who I think played best for England, but who would you think uh, gave us the best performance in an England shirt? Not many to pick from, to be honest. Uh, Bobby Moore, sixty six. Bobby Moore, sixty six. You know, you've got to say Jeff Hurst, sixty six. You know, he may not have done anything else in the game, but he certainly <laughs> scored three goals. You know, he's he, he, he won us the World Cup, so uh, it doesn't get any higher than that. But we've seen some great performances. One of my favourite ones was uh, uh, 1996 in the European Championships. Um, England 2, Scotland 0. Especially as I lived in Scotland at the time. It was fantastic, brilliant. And the goal from Gascoigne. I thought Gascoigne was unbelievable, um, virtually unplayable that day. So, yeah, I mean, that, that sticks in the mind very well. But there's been... It's been a lot, you know, as you think thinking of all the years, all the eras, it's just, it's really nice. Beckham against Greece? No. <laughs> that was just one free kick he took and he scored. Malcolm so McDonald, 5-0? No. No. <laughs> no. Kevin Beattie, header against Scotland? Yeah, no, that was London. very good. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, it's 5-1. Yeah. But Scotland-England was always the, the game that you, you obviously saw the FA Cup live. Um, wherever you were and who you supported and then the next week or the following weeks there was England-Scotland or Scotland-England they always broadcast live weren't they They're very few games were were live broadcast in those days so, so you played in those games What I guess you so you were playing against what Burley, Walk yeah. Brazil Brazil yeah my first one was 82 and it was uh, George Burley played and Alan Brazil played what, what was that like playing against your teammates it was great we won no <laughs> It was a hard, it was a hard job getting Alan Brazil out of my back pocket, but there we go, because <laughs> he, he was he was a big boy then. <laughs> so what was the uh, England Scotland game at Hampden when we went to see the Rolling Stones a couple of nights before? Yeah, yeah, that's we right. got invited down that was, to that was it. That was it. We yeah. got invited to uh, go down to the Glasgow Apollo 
and watched the Rolling Stones on the Thursday the, night. Th Thursday night. Thursday night. Because it was also <laughs> the replay of the FA Cup. Because we sat in the changing room watching Man City against Spurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ricky Villa. He skipped through and oh, yeah. scored one of the goals, and I was sitting on the sofa. There's Mick Jagger, Kevin Keegan, Terry, Mariner, and Ronnie Wood was over there somewhere you know, having a drink. And uh, they invited us in there, watched the game for half an hour, and then kicked us out. By the time we got round to the seats, the music started. Ladies and but gentlemen. It, it didn't quite, because if you remember, we got to the seats, and the seats are right in the middle of the, of the auditorium. And there was there was quite a few of us in the party, so, um, and you could see all the Scots, they all the jocks, they're like looking at you, <laughs> saying, they like they like nudging everybody. So the Werby went right the way round the the theatre, the Apollo, and and they were start, they started to, and we we're thinking, oh my goodness, and they started to sing, England, England, get to, you know, like, you know, so as, as a swear word coming out, I can't possibly say, because we'd have to tick a box if I swore. And uh, they were starting to build up the noise, and I it was getting a bit tasty. And then, as you say, ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome the Rolling Stones? So thank God for that. So we were all right. <laughs> but we got a, we got away quick. But you never get that now. You go no. to a concert, a pop, pop concert on a Thursday night before an international match on a Saturday. And we, we used to go, I always remember England squads, we used to go, we uh, meet up on a Sunday, wasn't it? The White Hart. We used to go to the White Hart, get yeah. drunk, and then play training yeah. the next day. Bonding. It was team bonding. <laughs> the next day. And then we would go to... We go to Walthamstow Dogs. Dogs, dog track. Walthamstow. Oh, Wembley might be on at Wembley. It was on <laughs> Wembley the Tuesday night, yeah. so we used to go along on the Tuesday night. Yeah. So we'd go to the to the dogs, to the greyhounds on the Monday and Monday and Tuesday <coughs> for, night for a bit more bonding. Yeah, <laughs> two pints of yeah. two pints of bonding. Please. Two pints of bonding. Yeah, <laughs> it, went, it went down very well. We didn't necessarily win on the Wednesday, but we generally did. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the first song the Rolling Stones played that night? Oh, no. Well done. Go on. You can start me up. Start me up. Start da, me da, da. up. Yeah. Wow. So let me just take you back because you kind of just dropped that in. So you went backstage and you were sitting with Jagger and. Yes, you do. Of course you do that. Never on at all. Lovely. Excuse me. Mick. Mick and Bill. Mick and Bill. Mick and Bill. Yeah. 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 We said, like, we, they were. Um, then I said to. Was it to um, Bill Wyman? I says, and uh, Charlie Watts, are you, are you not going to to warm up do you need to warm up and he was like no they just had a cup of tea and said he says mick and uh um who was it the other the other ronnie um and keith richard they're all warming up they they have a thing that they warm up and i think i saw um keith richard come out with a bottle of jack daniels so i thought well that's a that's the warm-up we should actually do where we play <laughs> where we go out there in front of people it's great no it was a it was a it was you know, it was just sensational. Now, it yeah. would be unheard of in many respects, you know. But to go and see the Rolling Stones is, well, it's really, really Fantastic. Good. Absolutely fantastic. I think Will from Wicker Markets here as well uh, wants to have a, a, a quick little word. You're looking very dapper uh, tonight. We'll come right up close to that microphone. Well, Will. I thought, Mark, after last week, you haven't packed Godbold here, who was beautifully turned out. Brought a bit of class, I felt, for a change to the show. <laughs> I should uh, turn myself out like... The director's used to for her, so this is for Pat tonight. And I've known Pat for oh, 40 or 50 years, and if she's watching, I won't let on any of our little secrets, dear. <laughs> but uh, it was always wonderful to see her, and we always, often used to see her at Glenham Hall, where my family lived. And we used to get invited once a year 
to the pre-season barbecue. Do you remember, Terry? The pre Russell, yeah. do you remember that? Vaguely. Can't and you that. boys used to turn up there grudgingly, I always felt. You know, you were told you'd got to come there, I think. Mm -hmm. And they used to turn up late. They'd scoff the burgers. They'd eat the strawberries. And they'd wait for the team talk. Somebody used to give it. David, David Sheepshank in his day. Or Philip Hope Cobble was the best. Because his was very short and sweet. Get your bloody finger out, he used to say to the boys. But did you really enjoy those? I did. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good you night did. out. Yeah. Yeah. Once, yeah. Once we were there, it was great. Yeah. Yeah. But I always Bobby. remember Bobby Robson used to come along, and he was always the last one to leave. No, he, he wasn't. He, wasn't he? No. Who was it? No. Usually Alan Hunter. Because <laughs> Alan usually put Mr. John or Mr. Pat to bed and <laughs> locked up and put the keys back through the letterbox. But it's funny you should say that, because Alan told me once that they went around the house. You could go and look around the house, couldn't you, if you yeah, want to? yeah. And he found out where Patrick's bedroom was. Yeah. And Patrick had got a jerry pot under the bed, you know. And he pulled it out and they filled it to brimming full with water and slid it gently back again. <laughs> but, Mark, it's always an honour to be here as one of the fans. Do you mind if I just sit on the, on the sofa just for a minute? Yeah, I think we can arrange that for you. Just right. come out. <laughs> come and sit there, look. I'll move the Kevin Beattie tribute cushion. There you go, look. Well, this is a dream I've had since the 1980s. <laughs> Lining up alongside Terry Butcher and Russell Osman. Yeah. Thank Russell, you. you're left back. You're playing That's in place of Leif Davis. I can do it. You're right back. Okay. And that lot over there, the midfield and the strikers, I'm not so sure about that lot, are you? No, uh, they're looking. No. Well. But uh, we do sit quite close to each other at the football, don't we, boy? Yeah, we do. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, they're, in the select, they're in the director's box, of course. <laughs> and we do meet a lot of nice people, don't we? Very nice. The other week we saw Rick Wakeman, for a start. Mm -hmm. Rick Wakeman, lovely man. Yeah. He came on your show once, too. He has been on the show, yeah. And he, he says that he's been married so many times, he's got an inflatable wedding cake now. <laughs> Lovely man, but I always remember just a little story, if you don't mind. Are you all right for time? Yeah, we're yeah. fine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we get all sorts coming we there. Were. We Bo were. Bobby right, Charlton, yeah. we have Bobby Charlton, and Michael Foote come there once. Anyway, on one occasion, Jim Davidson come, and he likes to drink, old Jim Davidson. You know Jim Davidson? He can be a bit uh, smutty, shall we say. But anyway, he was particularly good on this occasion, and he turned to me. I was sitting right next to me. He said... Uh, he said, you had a great manager, he said, with Bobby Robson. He said, what a lovely man, he said. I saw him once, he said, in a hotel in London. He said, and I made a beeline for him, and I was just about to introduce myself to him, and he said, hold it there, Bobby Robson, hold it there, he said. I've got some friends, I want to introduce you. So Jim Davison said he went across and gathered his friends together, brought him across to Jim Davison. He said... Gentlemen, he said, let me introduce you to my favourite comedian of all time, Freddie Starr. <laughs> yeah, that he said, Bobby. I went off him a little bit. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for the honour of sitting on this no, sofa with you. With you. Pleasure. Great guys, thank you. Well done, Will. Fantastic. Brilliant. Brilliant. Mr R, as Pat called him last week, did have a habit of getting people's names and things wrong, didn't he? A few. Um, yeah. Um, it, we uh, we met um, Rolf Harris actually. I know he's a funny one to talk about, but you know. And uh, so Bobby introduced him to all the playing staff as uh, Ralph Horace. 
<laughs> so I'm just about correct there. Yeah. I think I think uh, Roy, <laughs> he said, um, thank you very much, Brian. Brian Robson. Right. So he got his own back, but no, we don't mention that one, really. No, we don't. No, we don't talk about him anymore. Um, but what about when he was England manager? I mean, there's stories of him. Uh, didn't he get Kenny Sansom's name wrong at one point? He got everybody's name wrong, didn't he? Yeah. 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 He even got his own name wrong once. I thought there was a... Was, correct me if I'm wrong. I thought they got to an airport going to one of the, the, the World Cups. And he wanted to have a, a little meeting with all the players just before they, they boarded the flight. I forget which one it was. And gathered all the players around and he's, he's looking for Peter Reid. You know, and where's Reedy? He's always late, Reedy. Where, where's Reedy? You know, he's got everybody there. You know. One of the lads had to say to him, he said, Gaffer, you didn't include him in this squad this time. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, that's right. He's right, yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, he's... Uh, he wasn't, he wasn't the best with names. Um, he, he called... Um, let's see the one where he was... Uh, Stuart Pearce made his debut. And um, I'm, I'm playing alongside him. So, um, obviously at Wembley and, uh, and Bobby's there. So, he's, so, he comes out. Bobby comes out to the touchline after about five minutes and starts shouting, Gary! Gary! And says, <laughs> Gary! So, so um, nobody looks. We're thinking, who's Gary? There was no, wasn't there Gary on the pitch? Gary, he's gone. So the next five minutes passes and he goes back and then he comes out again. Gary, 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 for goodness sake. So Piercy says to me, who's he talking to? And I says, I don't know. I says, uh, Gary, Gary. He says, um, so, so Stuart says, he called me Gary once. He says, he called me Gary. So after 10 minutes, he comes out again. And there's a lull in play, a break in play. Someone's injured. So then Stuart Pierce goes over to Bobby and just says, Bobby, he's, cause he's thinking that Bobby's going to say something tactically. You know, you've got to tuck in a bit more. You've got to do this because it's his debut. And so he says, says to the gaffer, he says, uh, um, who, who do you want, boss? Do you want, we have, don't have a Gary in the team. And he says, no, you, you're Gary. And he says, no, I'm not Gary. He says, <laughs> so Stuart, then, so then he says, so Stuart's like, well, you know, what, what do you want, gaffer? What's the, what's the matter? What's up? And he thought he was going to say something really technical. He just said, tuck your shirt in, will you? <laughs> so he, he saw he had his shirt slightly out. So he wanted, because Bobby was like that. Yeah, if you, fantastic. If, you, if, you, yeah. if, you, if you, a bit of your kit was wrong, he'd tell you, because he wanted everything to be right. Well, he was very successful, Stand wasn't he? Yeah. yeah, standards, what it's all about, isn't it? What a great man he was. Fantastic. Um, look, we're nearly out of time, but we do have, uh, fresh off the printer, this week's Man V Fat Football Results. So we have the Seattle Quarter Pounders 2, Far From Athletic 6, LA Galaxy Bar 5, Pork Vale 11, Man Titty 12, To Lose a Few Pounds 4, Argentina 12, Dynamo Kebab 11, <laughs> finally FC 20 Stone 10, <laughs> it's not easy for you to say, Mark. Go on. Barely athletic. Seven. There we go. Uh, there are the man be facts. I couldn't actually bring myself to support Argentina. No, I didn't think you would be no, able to. No no, 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 no. We don't mention Mar Maradona or Argentina in your company, do we? You did. I know. That'll be me in the car park after the show now. Yes, absolutely. Anyway, look, thanks, boys. Thank you very much. Russell Osmond, Terry Butcher, everybody. Thank you.
Next week on the show, we'll be joined by former World Darts champion and massive town fan, Keith Della. Uh, he's got some great stories to tell. He was a ball boy and he was great friends with the legend that is Kevin Beattie. So uh, we'll, we'll hear some interesting stories from Keith uh, next week on the show. And the week after, I think I can tell them, can't I? Craig Forrest is going to be on the show. Uh, so we're going to catch up with Craig all the way from Canada. Uh, to keep in touch, check out our Lives to Pitch socials on Facebook insta and x on youtube please like and subscribe it doesn't cost anything but it helps us with the channel and don't forget life's a pitch.tv our website where you can get merch uh, shirts mugs all sorts of things and tickets for our big show on the 30th of november uh, thanks again to our main sponsor dps tech also supported by all about hearing marketing company ginger pickle forward floors come hither design the Hudson Group, Sound 4 Pro Audio, Fred Olsen Logistics, John Keeble Cars in Bramford. I don't think there's anything left to sponsor on the show, but I'm sure we can come up with something if you'd like to join us. Brilliant. Thank you to Capacity Crowds. Yay! And Thanks up the, the town against Rotherham this week. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Pretty good. <laughs>